Welcome to the Important Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, pregnancy-focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is an actor, an environmentalist, and a social media influencer for environmentally sustainable brands. She's also about to become a mom, like, wow, maybe on the show today. God willing. Alessia Rulina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God, I love your energy. Okay, and your eyeballs. Giant eyeballs. They're fascinating, intriguing. It's really hard to focus on anything. I'll take that as a compliment. It's a huge compliment. All right, Alessia, let's go back to the beginning before we get into some of the more cool stuff that's going on here. Uh, You are from? Russia. Mother Russia. I am from Mother Russia. I can make fun of my own people, and I think that's socially acceptable. I make yes, fun of I everybody, have... and I think that's really? socially acceptable. Of course, yeah. I do stand-up comedy. Yeah, it's a form of endearment. Yes, I am from Soviet Russia. I moved to America in 1992, right at the end of the Cold War. And both of my parents are licensed forest strangers and taxidermists by trade. It's what we did in Russia. We lived off the land. I'm from a little village of 12 houses with no indoor plumbing or gas. We did have electricity though. Wait a second. Slow down, slow down. You're just like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you're young. Like who knew that this happens? Um, Wait, a tiny bit with 12 houses. Like I don't understand. Like no Postmates. There's no Postmates. There's no, well, there's no store. There's also no store. No store. There's no road. The mail does not show up. No phone. Nothing. So we. So what is that like? I mean, was there a formal education? Um, nature. And both of my parents are very well educated. So until I moved to America, they they homeschooled my brother and I, who's a year and a half older. Why and did they live there? Because they're forest rangers. You got to live in the forest. So you grew up with like all sorts of animals around you. Yeah, I mean, whatever's in the wilderness. Uh, We did have what you would call a small farm, I guess. But in the American version of a farm, we're not like using beef or anything. We had a dairy cow. Oh, so you milked the cow? Did you milk the cow? Yeah, I did, actually. And we had a cow and a horse to help us plow the fields. And it was more of like a vegetarian lifestyle, honestly. And we had chickens and dogs, hunting dogs that would help my father and mother hunt for bear and boar in the bear woods. And boar? Bear and like, boars. Wait, what do you do? Oh, bear for what do you do with bear when you catch um, it? You stuff it. Oh, taxidermy. Taxidermy. <laughs> yeah. And what do you do with boar? Well, you also stuff it, but you can also eat it. Mm, Multi purpose. Multi purpose animal. <laughs> and, so yeah, I grew up living off the land and That's really so crazy. I do most yeah. of my hunting at Ralph's. Ralph's works. There's also yeah. the pavilion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I grew up loving Mother Nature and having Where a massive. The bathroom? We had an outhouse. Which means what? Like there's water flowing underneath it, or no? It's a hole in the ground, and then there's a little house that you build on top of it. And it just decomposes. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. And then, like, once the hole is full, you shift the little house and you dig a different hole and cover that one up. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> You're my connection to the bath. Yeah. Thank you. And then you came here when you were seven. Seven, almost eight. Yes. We moved to America right as the Cold War was coming to an end. And that was an interesting shift. So I moved to America. I had a lot of culture shock, learned the language when we were here and started acting at the age of 12, thanks to my incredible mother who noticed that I was shy and 
I read a lot and I was very introverted and she's like, you're fun and charismatic. She wanted me to meet more children that were well-rounded and came from different backgrounds, which actors tend to be. Where in the U.S. did you grow up? Like from Utah. Ooh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's severe climate, seasonal changes, just like Russia, like really hot, really cold. And they love to hunt. And for two taxidermists, that made sense. So we grew up in Utah. Okay, Utah. And then when you started acting, like what kind of acting? Like on stage or? No, um, stage terrifies me because you have to be big. I'm big. And there you go. You have to be big with your energy, not just ah, your physicality. Oh, okay. And I am 5'2 and like 105 pounds. And oh, I, I just can't. I was like, no, no, no. I cannot be on stage projecting myself like that. Um, but I loved film. So I auditioned for Disney Channel. Okay. Objection. Mm-hmm. You have bigger energy than I do. Oh, thank you. It I guess. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But on stage, it's just like stare into this black abyss with all these people. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm. Okay. I like to be smaller and then have Mm -hmm. the camera find me Mm. and find those nuances of like an eye gentle eye twitch or like the single tear that drops down your face. And I I find that really challenging. Um, So yeah, I started working for Disney when I was 12. Doing what? Disney Channel movies. Mm. They came to Utah to shoot. (laughs) three or four Disney Channel films a year because it was a non-union state. So uh, I worked as a non-union actor. That from, Yeah. From 12 until 25, I was with the company. And it did such incredible films. And I was part of the high school musical franchise. And that changed my life. In a big way. In a huge way. But meanwhile, I was just a normal kid going to school. And then I was in nursing assistant when high school musical came out and was in college and moved and to Paris to study economics. I did not think acting was like a thing for me when you're an immigrant and you come from a village, like to tell your parents, like, Oh, by the way, I'm going to move to LA and become an actor. Mm. Um, it's not the stability that, that was they're looking for. Well, it's not, I think my parents would have supported me doing anything. It just didn't seem stable to me, mm. but I got really lucky. And had a great career shift. And, and joined supported. the union. And I joined the union at 12. I got my SAG card. Oh, really? So you've, you've been watching the screeners for a long time. I have been watching them for a long time. If I pay my dues on time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so can we jump into the awkward stuff? Like yeah. PTSD from something. Yeah, so I never actually talked about it as openly, but today when I was writing my little bio for this podcast, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm in a great place for the first time in my life where I can talk about PTSD and trauma. And as I'm transitioning into motherhood, hopefully today, I I really want to obviously let go and allow that energy to shift out of my body. But I think it's also a time on the planet right now where we can talk about these topics without being scared or as scared. At least maybe I'm not as scared to get negative feedback from it. So yeah, I am a, I guess you would call a survivor of physical abuse, mental abuse, and some really, really fun traumas and had to deal with 10 years of intensive, I can't remember 10 years of my life, PTSD, cannot. And I... I was what lucky ages? enough. I cannot remember from 18 to about 25. Oh, wow. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, it's all foggy. If you ask me, like, 
how I shot, for example, High School Musical. I cannot tell you. I wow. don't know. And so it's kind of hard, actually, because like sometimes fans come up to you and they're like, how was it? Or interviews. And I kind of give a pretty blank statement that's all encompassing. Like, yeah, it was great. Because sure, it was great. I can't tell you how I got to work. I can't tell you how I got to London for the premiere. I can't tell you how I did anything because I do not know. And I was fully sober, never used drugs in my life. And I didn't start drinking really until I was 30. So my mind protected me in a beautiful way, but I am missing a lot of memories. What kind of things were happening to you? Just domestic trauma and mental abuse and manipulation and luckily nothing sexual, which is lucky for me, just physical abuse and just not having a space or a place to be able to go and away from that in a safe way. You didn't have anybody that you felt comfortable. No, and being in a new country and like you know, we don't have family here and it's just tricky. And at the time, this is, you know, here whatever, twenty years ago, we weren't talking about depression or even anxiety, let alone abuse as openly as we are now, right? So having that freedom and that gift to have that now has been really beautiful. And I hope if I talk about it a little bit without getting into too much detail, maybe other people will seek help and not feel as traumatized or stigmatized by it as well. I'm so sorry you experienced that. It's okay. You know what? That's the beauty of your therapy. You transition through things, you learn through things, and I'm actually not being held back by it anymore. And it's beautiful because it gave me so much desire to heal and to feel better. And I was in a position where I did have money and savings and could take a year off and did every possible therapy, Reiki, crystal, hot witch ceremony I could do (laughs) to, to drain my savings, become very, very broke and heal. And I know that's not the case for most people. And I was able to do it at a young age in my um... 20s. You know, at some point when you got out of that cave, how did you bring yourself out? Like, what helped you get out? I hit rock bottom. I was really successful. I was 25. And I had just gotten out of a relationship. And I just, I couldn't remember. And I got so sick of not remembering memories. And everyone around me was having these experiences where, you know, they wanted to party and have fun and use like like alcohol or whatever just to escape the body. And I could not do anything to keep myself in my body. So it was frustrating because the idea of like the whole reason you, you know, have fun with substances is to escape, right? And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stay. And, and making conscious decisions was really hard because I couldn't remember details and after so many years, it's a point of frustration. We're like, I don't know how I got on a plane. Mm. It'd be one thing if I wasn't sober, right? (laughs) But I just couldn't remember so much of my life. And I was like missing insurance payments because I couldn't remember that, like how to pay an insurance payment. Like my brain just wasn't working. And so I think that was the rock bottom for me to be like, well, something's wrong. And and luckily for me, my, my brother is actually a war veteran from Iraq and Afghanistan. And he had come home and was doing PTSD treatments as well. And so I kind of started paying attention more to that and being like, oh, well, I kind of have some of these symptoms as well. And 
maybe there's something there. And then I just went to Barnes and Noble and bought probably like eight or 10 books in the, oh self-help, aisle, in the self-help aisle, like codependent no more. And like all these other books, I was like, something's wrong. If I just keep reading, like I'll find it. But I think it's a beautiful testament also to show like, to check in on your strong friends, right? Because I was fully functioning, really mm-hmm. successful, making money on a TV show, like working and could not tell you what I did for 10 years. So. I mean, in retrospect, mm-hmm. is there a point where you would have, you know, put a stop to it earlier on? Like, is there. No, because I was a child and I was young and I also didn't know any different. And I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I just kind of wonder, like, if young you is listening to this interview, Mm -hmm. what advice do you have for young you? No, I don't really do that. I don't go back and reflect. It's it's not young you. It's somebody else. Oh, for somebody else? In the same position as young you. There we go. I can do that one. For someone similar, I would say find an archetype, whether that's inside of yourself or someone that you can look up to that's outside of your bubble or community or resource that's similar or the things that you want to be or the things that you admire that they have or what you would want one day to have, which whether that's safety and security, whether that's love and just make yourself as close in alignment to that as possible and know that everything is temporary and the situation that you're in right now is maybe horrible but it's temporary and there is an opportunity or there will be an opportunity for that to no longer be your story and to not carry the damage of that story as a badge of honor, because it's just a chapter. It might be a horrible chapter. It's a chapter and there's so many more that you're going to get to look through that are beautiful and vibrant. Thank you, Alessia. I guess once we're on this topic, you also had an, on and off again, eating disorder. I do, um, which I've also not talked about. Uh, I was a ballet dancer growing up because I'm Russian. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we dance ballet and play hockey. This is what we do. And <laughs> we're scientists and spies. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I danced ballet for a really long time and I loved it. But because you are projecting your body through a floor or into the air, it helps to be lighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my eating disorders were never centered around an image, actually. They were that's, centered around performance. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I've never been like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I've, I'm sure I've said that and I have. Like, oh, I'm, you know, quote, unquote, fat or I feel a little bit off. But it's not really so much about like fitting into clothes or looking a certain way. It was more of just like, if I weigh too much, I can't jump aside. Mm. And it's harder for me. Or if I weigh too much, then I can't fit in the right clothes for acting. And then I look different on screen and the camera doesn't favor you in a specific way. And then I can't provide for myself and feed myself. So it was more of just like work oriented. Mm-hmm. But I felt that way since about, I was about 12 or I'm 36 now. But it's a lot more under control. And my eating disorder choice was just anorexia, like was restricting, not anything else. I feel like I they did less damage to myself with that. Restricting, like, would you count calories or would you just not eat? Both. Hmm. 
so I would not eat or what I would eat would be really low in calories or I would just be like, oh, I had a salad today. Have you been working during pregnancy? I worked my second trimester. I worked on a show called The Rookie. It was really fun. The Rookie? Yeah, I did an episode in The Rookie. And I'm still on NCIS LA where I met, <laughs> met a lot of, where I met such incredible people. So like Sarah Wright Olson and her hubby, Eric. So Our buddies. Yeah, your people. Our people. Yeah, so I just wondered because if performance was the issue and then you're pregnant and growing, did working while pregnant pose a challenge for you? I definitely had a day when my fitting for the rookie and they pulled all these skirts and like little crop tops and like what I would normally fit into, right? And I was like, okay, that is a different body and we're going to have to adjust those track bands. Accordingly. But you know what? I think because I'm in a really good place and I can't highlight this enough because of the amount of therapy I've done and self-work, I feel really supported for the first time in my life with my incredible partner, my husband, Joseph, my friend group that I've curated over the last 15 years in LA has been so supportive and beautiful. And I've created this family and this network that I wasn't born into. And it took a long time. And it took a lot of hard work, but now I'm in this new chapter where, yes, I looked in the mirror at the fitting. It was like, Ooh, this is brutal. And it's also like overhead, like, you know, fluorescent lighting. Like, it's just not right. <laughs> it's not right. And you're like in a carpeted area somewhere like the Warner Brothers lot. Or, it's not great. So I just was like, you know what? This is just my body. And this is happening. And I told the crew once I got on set, I was like, I'm pregnant. So let's work through this oh, one that. okay <laughs> yeah but also you know i I'm, I'm really little and what i realized was like that's okay my body's just this beautiful vessel that gets to be a conduit of something magical like another human life so if they think i'm too chubby then they can shoot you know boob up <laughs> to show my belly they nah. can figure it out it's cameras and we make magic for a living right it's like razzle dazzle and fog and mirrors so they can make me look six feet tall if they want to. And once I kind of talked myself out of that and got out of the horrible lit room, mm-hmm. I was fine. And then, yeah, I ended up having a wonderful time. It was a beautiful show. And I didn't actually think about like the fact that my belly was showing and I looked the biggest I've ever looked clearly on set. But Is your like, well, character pregnant? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'm just like a normal person. Oh. Uh, all right, Alessio, let's take a little break because you're about to pop and have yes. your kid. And I, I want to know so. a little bit more about how you got there and what your plans are. We'll be right back. Yay! Okay. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference. 
consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We are 39 weeks pregnant. And gosh, before we get to your plans for birth, which hopefully they're made because it's happening any minute, let's talk about how you got there. So you talked about your wonderful husband, Joseph. How did you guys meet? We met on a dating site called Raya. Raya. How does that yes. work? It's for people in a creative industry. So okay. it's creative still on there. And I don't know, it's like pretty Instagram heavy and you can't do like a screenshot. So I think some famous people get on there because it's a little safer and more private, but we're not. I don't know. I got on there because my girlfriends encouraged me. I saw this really cute boy and I was like, you cute. And I liked him and he liked me back. Mm, that was like your number one experience on Raya? No, it wasn't my first experience on Raya, but it was clearly the best. I married him. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> understand that you can't screenshot it because can I screenshot it with my phone? I, I, I don't know. I guess so. I think some people get excited or maybe they want to like catfish celebrities or something. I, mm-hmm. I think we all want to catfish celebrities. I would probably catfish a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably do a whole podcast about which celebrity people would catfish and how they would go about doing it. really top rated podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you met Joseph on there. He, so is he creative too then? I take it. He is. He owns a fat, a woman's fashion line called the laundry. The laundry room. Yes. They make bougie t-shirts and sweatpants. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> clothes. Yeah. It's all women's. Yeah, but most of it's unisex. I mean, I'm going to say women's because it is a women's fashion line, but they um, you can definitely wear the t-shirts, unisex, as well as with I still try to put bougie and unisex together, and it became bougie sex. Bougie sex. Bougie, maybe we'll put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, bougie <laughs> sex. Bougie uh, sex okay. for everyone. It could be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he's creative, and you're creative, and you guys live off the beaten path we just moved we met and i was ready to escape la a little bit after 15 years of los angeles which i love la but covid and life i just needed a little bit more of my roots which is nature Mm. and i just knew i didn't want to frustrated with that plumbing in the house yeah i mean what is up this endless water supply and gas and electricity Mm. And I met him and he already had a beautiful property he was renting out in right outside Yosemite National Park. And then he took me up there because actually it was the one place we could get a COVID vaccine. So we drove up there to get him vaccinated and I saw the house and I said, that's great. We're getting married and then we're moving here. Wow. You're forward. And, and he said, okay. Okay. <laughs> Being a little Russian, but I get it and I respect it. And, you know, here we are, a year and a half later, <laughs> married, pregnant, living in Yosemite. <laughs> oh, that was all quick. I didn't realize it was that yeah. recently. Yeah. You were just browsing through where I am, not taking screenshots. Yeah, we got engaged on our six month anniversary. In the middle of the meeting. pandemic? Yeah. So, did you have like a pandemic y wedding? Kind of. We did. It was only our biological family, which is very small on my end it's my mother and my brother and on his end it was 11 people so tiny tiny little wedding beautiful i'm my biological father is just not in my life anymore but my chosen father is in my life and he came into my life when i was 13 
and is the most incredible human. His name is Kenton, and I would not be here today without having continuous love. And how do I explain this? He taught me what unconditional love was from a male figure over years of showing up, regardless if I allowed him any like credit to do me i'd be like oh yeah every birthday every christmas he just showed up and he was constant and it is the biggest gift of my life so i do have an incredible father figure oh that's sweet but he didn't come to the wedding no because he's um a little older and i didn't want to risk him flying or driving and he had just had back surgery mm. so we'll do another big ceremony once this much can decides to come earthside and we'll do a big party and now he can travel and it's just a little safer. I didn't want to impose that because he would move mountains to show up, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to give him that motivation. <laughs> That's good. So when you said, Hey, Joseph, we're going to get married and move into that house. Okay. And he was like, sure, babe was babies on the radar too. Yeah. You know, Joseph is an incredible human being, like I said, and I'm so blessed to be with a partner that has also done a lot of the work prior to meeting me and knew exactly what he was looking for and what he wanted out of his life in that family sense. And we're both really fluid and and open to like pivoting our plans, right? But we did know what we wanted out of a partner and what kind of life we wanted. And when we met, we aligned and we went through this like checklist before we got romantically involved. Mm -hmm. Of like, I want this. Do you want that? So there wasn't any pressure to answer any other way, but being brutally honest with each other. Cause you don't like, like each other yet. You haven't kissed each other yet. You know, we did it over zoom too. So it was just kind of oh, like, wow. Hey, so do you, you want a family? I want a family. Where do you want to live? Da, 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 da. You so had those weird. conversations when it was still our first date. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say still a lot of logic and uh, all that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like Twitter page. Like we liked each other and we thought we were, you know, I liked him, but I didn't have this, oh, you know, I kissed him and now I'm all like Twitter page and I like him. And now I'm going to maybe not be as honest or shift my authentic, like core needs. Yeah. So we're both very blunt with each other and we got lucky and we aligned. And I definitely thank him daily before doing all of that work and having those uncomfortable conversations with me in the beginning, because then we could just start living our life. And there was no like surprise, by the way, I don't want to have kids You're you know, right. a year into it. <laughs> I mean, was the plan, let's just get married and have kids right away. It wasn't the plan to get pregnant right away, but it was definitely like, we want to have a baby and let's see what happens. And we were thinking like we'd start now, like in this summer, to okay. try. For the next and one? <laughs> for the next uh, one, of course. Yes. No, and I was told by multiple doctors that I had endometriosis and I've had issues with just like my reproductive organs in the past and scar tissue and it's going to take a long time or it might be tricky for me to conceive. And knowing that, I went on a regimen of herbs from my homeopathic doctor and just tried it for my own health and my own wellness. I figured, yeah, like if it helps our chances are getting a little nugget, great. And we just got really lucky. And after a year of me drinking stick juice, and I have no idea what herbs were in this in tea. Okay. No clue. Chinese sticks. And I drank them for a year and they were great. And here we are. And I'm pregnant. 
So mm. we got pregnant. We found out four days after our wedding that I was actually pregnant. Oh, wow. So you were pregnant at your wedding? Yeah, she came to the party. She wanted champagne. <laughs> you said all the biological family. Yeah, the whole biological family showed up. And we just laugh and call her sneaky sperm because mm. I wasn't even in the same city when she decided to do her thing. And we actually conceived because she stayed alive in me for four days before my egg dropped. So I was like, you sneaky girl, you were very determined. Okay. Little Russian spy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, just as a brief rundown, I know we talked about your second trimester, you were acting, you were working. Mm-hmm. How was your first trimester? Horrible. I was just so sick, so nauseous. My body is very sensitive to hormones. So I think that extra boost of estrogen, progesterone and everything, I could not, had worse brain fog. Can't tell you like how I got through those three months. I was just very nauseous, food sensitivity. All I could eat was white rice and cantaloupe, ginger chews all day long. Couldn't drive down a windy road. So when you live next to Yosemite National Park, that's <laughs> rough. Oh boy. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. And we had just started renovations on our home to make it more of like an eco retreat house. So we were doing reno and restoration of this beautiful property and like painting walls and trying to figure out what we're going to do with interior decorating and as I'm vomiting. So it was kind of a blur. Second trimester, I got my brain and my functionality and my creativity back, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. And now third trimester. This is the most I've enjoyed being pregnant, to tell you the truth, because now I'm actually pregnant pregnant. I look pregnant. Whereas my second trimester, I had like a bump and just looked like I got a little chunky. And now I feel pregnant and I really enjoy her like swimming around and doing her little thing and um, feel more in my body than I did my first or second trimester because my body's bigger and there's more mass. I'm in more chronic pain because I have hypermobile EDS, as you well know, because you just put my hips back into place. <laughs> my yeah. ligaments are, are all over the place. So I'm a little too stretchy. Right. But other than that, it's been the most fun. So just to break that down, hypermobile means your joints move a little bit further apart from each other than typical. The ligaments that normally hold them stable are not as stabilizing as typical. So it's uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome with hypermobility. So that's you in general. And then pregnant people in general have some hypermobility because of the relaxation hormones of pregnancy. So you have super hypermobility, which is not something, you know, put on a cape and fly around town, saving things with. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. I've been walking with a limp for two weeks. It's not fun. But, and as a physical human being i love yoga and pilates i definitely haven't moved my body for seven months other than walking because you can hyperextend or you can push yourself and not notice especially with relaxing going through my body and giving me like extra stretchy capacities (laughs) i definitely i'm so excited to be able to work out in a gentle way because i'm just too scared i'm like no i'm gonna do a downward dog and pull something Mm. and not know that's how i feel there you go. Yeah, I have no there reason to hurt them. Uh, all right, we're getting very close to you giving birth. So let's take one more break and then find out what you have in mind. We'll be Yay. right back.
back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. We're talking to Olesia Rulina. Is there a more Russian way to pronounce that? My real name is Alyesia Yurovna Rulina. That's I what know. I meant. I can barely uh, say it. <laughs> okay, good. Nice <laughs> to us. Yeah, so you're 39 weeks. You're due at any moment. You have a plan. What's your plan for labor and birth? My plan for labor and birth, let's see what the universe conspires i would love to be as natural as possible as someone that has ptsd and is living with ptsd i am so excited to have a experience that is quote unquote painful and quote unquote extreme but feels supported loved and safe in that experience wow i and did not I, see that coming have not had one of those. I'm 36 years old and I have no idea truly what that feels like. And it's going to make me cry because it's I'm, making I'm, me cry right now. I'm really looking forward to being in quote unquote pain. And it's actually on my birth board with my motivational little stickers. And it says, natural pain is good pain. And I want to know what it's like to be in a room with people that love me. And a doctor I trust, and my doula, who I'm obsessed with, and my partner, who I'm creating this life with, and know that the pain I'm going through is natural and it's good and it's okay. And I can be not a control freak because I naturally am, but I can control how soft I get to be, not how strong I have to be. And I cannot wait for that experience. On top of, yes, of course, meeting my daughter and having this beautiful moment with Joseph and bringing the soul into the planet that I'm blessed to be a vessel for. So all of that's really exciting. So that's partly when people are like, why do you want to go supernatural? I'm like, because I actually, for the first time in my life, can remember. (laughs) My PTSD won't get in the way. So I want to be present for all of those moments as much as I can. Never, ever thought about that. I never thought about that. You want to feel life right now. You want to feel the intensity and you want to feel it in a loved and supported way. And you want to melt into it and surrender to it. To my fullest capacity, because I don't even know what that is. So I'm expecting, you know, maybe I'll have struggles with that. And that's why I have a great birth team. And I got really lucky with our doula and you and my Dr. Rothbart, my doctor and my partner. And I'm like, okay, what's this going to feel like? Am I going to allow all of the lessons that I've learned and the tools that I've gained to actually just give in to this moment? And if I can accomplish that to whatever degree that is, what interesting chapter will that lead me down in this next moment of my life? And I'm so grateful for my daughter and my husband for giving me this opportunity to be able to have this experience. It makes me really grateful for Joseph for choosing me to be his baby mama and (laughs) his wifey to to have this very soulful experience in a human body. I'm stoked. (laughs) Um, I mean, your plan has already changed a little bit because originally you wanted to give birth in the motherland i did i'm the birthing process is very different in russia and just our healthcare system is different and my mom and i own the village i'm actually from so the 12 uh, houses 
Yeah, basically. And we turned it into a nature reserve. It's 400 acres. So I figured I'd birth in Russia and go back to the nature reserve with my nugget and my hubby oh, wow. and live this like very earth mama life in my homeland. And I wanted her, her to have dual citizenship and she can always come back to her heritage. But then the war happened, which is horrible on so many levels. And we just had to pivot really quickly in March. Um, with our plans. So we stayed in LA, but luckily I have been stalking Sarah Wright Olson and your Zen Mama for like a solid eight years. And <laughs> <laughs> not even kidding. So it's actually a coincidence that I work with her husband on NCIS oh. and LA. And then I was I DM'd her and was like, Hi, I need the new brick plan. <laughs> <laughs> and she you. is all and the she, connections in the world. Yes, she has all the connections. I have her book. I love her and Teresa Palmer. So I'm like, you know what? I've watched every video they made and had already been on this birth journey. I've been studying birth for almost eight years for because, fun. Oh, just you like the topic? You like the concept? You like No, the it's a process? rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. Oh, once you start. Kind of. When I started therapy, like intensive therapy, I had to learn to reparent myself or parent myself. And where do you start? You start reading like child rearing books and then what's before that birth. And so then I just got into this rabbit hole of like, how do you talk to your energetic baby? How do you talk to yourself? How do you, and just from the beginning and then just kind of stayed there. And I thought it was fascinating, like how people choose to raise their children and what that does. And birth has so much to do with that because how you conceive and how, at least from my education, so anyway, long story short, reach out to Sarah. She DM'd me back and gave me all these resources. So now I have a really amazing team and a plan here. Um, we are going to labor as long as we can at home. Which is not and Yosemite. Not Yosemite. We came back to LA. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we uh, rented a house in LA for the birth. And then we'll get our kibbutz to Cedar Sinai and finish our birth labor um, with our incredible doctor, Dr. Walker. First two thoughts. Number one, when you have that plan and you're 27 weeks into your pregnancy, that's one thing. But when you have that vision and that plan and that clarity of thought on how you want it to be, and you still want that natural approach with the understanding that it's going to be intense, which you also want and you're 39 weeks plus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a different story because like you're on the precipice of this happening. Like literally yeah. could be tonight or tomorrow. Well, hopefully um, now that you adjusted my spine, it'll be tonight. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but then at the same token, like it's a path you haven't been down personally before. So are you open to it taking detours if necessary? 100%. That's the answer my doula would like me to say. What would um, <laughs> you like you to say? Um, yes, I'm really good at pivoting. I'm a shapeshifter by nature and it's my job. So like, I can pivot to and change. I like change. I enjoy change. So like, that doesn't scare me. So I'll be okay with that. Of course, I want to have this like whimsical, amazing, like pre fully present birth let's see what happens. And it is a new experience for me, but it's also like a collective experience. And I really love tuning into that and knowing at the same moment, millions of creatures and people and plants and everything's giving birth. So 
not really feel alone in that and helps if there was fear it helps that subside. Mm. Yeah. I love attending birth with actors because you guys are so open to suggestion, like direction. And, you know, normally you don't need anything, but sometimes when you get to a challenging point, you need a little help over that point. You know, somebody in there that you trust can just give you a little bit of direction from the outside and then you take it so well and then you hop over that difficulty and you're back to smooth sailing again. It's really cool to watch. Thank you. I'm excited. Uh, We're actually using one of my acting techniques. Oh, what's that? In birth. So I'm a little different in the sense that I cannot cry from sad things. Okay. (laughs) So say I have a scene for acting that I need to be really vulnerable for and cry. And it could be something traumatic. I play a lot of dramas. So I'm usually like abused or running around and it's like, you know, a dramatic scene. I cannot go into that scene from a place of thinking of any negative thought or sad. I'll shut down and I become actually stronger and kind of want to like force myself through it and find the solution to the problem. Right. And so what I do is a little different. So usually it's my director and I listen to a song, but I have my director come up to me, hold my hand, or if it's my stunt team, if I'm doing a stunt, they'll hold my hand. Or if it's just me in the scene and the camera operator, who's like right here and like, you know, 25 inches away from my face, I'll hold their hand because it's a collective experience. And it allows me to feel like a kid that's at play. Mm. And then I have them say three things to me. You are safe. You are loved. And everything's going to be okay. And if they just say those three things to me, I can do anything because all of a sudden I'm safe. I'm loved. Everything's going to be fine. And I can cry for six hours for you, or I can do a crazy stunt. And, you know, I fell 45 feet on a tiny type wire, which normally I would be terrified for, but because I'm safe, I'm loved and everything's going to be okay. I got this. And so that's on our board as well. So if there's a moment where I get fear or I freeze up and my husband, my doula, even Dr. Offbart knows to tell me, Hey, everything's going to be okay. You're loved and you're safe. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. And it's so cool that you know that about yourself. Therapy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will wish you the warmest blessings for an amazing experience. I hope you get exactly what you want out of it. In addition to the beautiful baby that you'll get out of it. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side and learning more about it. Two things that I'll say before we end. Number one. We talked about this feeling like you have the sneaking suspicion that although there is no known Jewish lineage in your family tree, you have like this deep feeling like there may be some in your blood. I am so Jewish (laughs) that, (laughs) that I'm like, come on. And we tried to find the Jew in us, but everyone lied. And I'm from Russia and then, you know, Everyone lied on the paperwork and just lied in general. So I need to do the 23andMe. I have it. I need to spit in that little vial. We've got to find out. Yeah. But when we come back next time. <laughs> I will have some results. We're going to find and out what you have. I might even might, read them to you. We might find out. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yes. Watch them just like 80% Mongolian. But I, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
but I'm like, come on, this is such a strong faith for me. I'm like, there's gotta be some grandma that we just like don't know about. Okay. Well, that's going to be exciting also. And on top of everything else, but also where can we find you online? You can find me on my Instagram, which is at Alicia Rulin, O-L-E-S-Y-A-R-U-L-I-N. You can also find me on NCIS Los Angeles when I play Zasha Kakai. I play a Russian spy, of course. Oh. I have an accent. Um, <laughs> and yeah, those are my two main platforms. Alicia, I, uh, also when we come back, I want to find more about your sustainability platform and, you know, kind of your mission in that genre we're gonna have so much to chat about in a week or two max all the trees and the babies and saving the bees and yes it's gonna be great oh my oh my all right thank you so much for joining me i'm gonna go check you out online and see all the cool stuff that you have on your platform and i invite everyone to come and visit us on the web as well the interweb on instagram at dr berlin but our growing and exciting and informative blog has taken off, and you can find that at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole.